If you have your Bible, turn with me, and I'm going to read verses First uh, Samuel chapter 17, and I'm just going to read verses 10 and 11, just 10 and 11, because I think it, I'll, I'll give you uh, the lowdown in just a moment. Let us hear God's word. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and were greatly afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all the confirmands that uh, over 30 that, that joined this morning, God. We thank you, Lord, for the baptisms. Lord, we thank you for the uh, folks that joined at, at 8.15 and some joining at 11.15 as well. Lord, you're, you're blessing this church, and Lord, we just thank you for it. Now, Lord, let us hear your word as we consider it, Lord. Let it challenge our hearts, open our hearts and lives. May we be challenged, changed, and never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, we are in this series on David, and this is one of possibly the most uh, famous stories of David, and it's known as David and Goliath, and I'm sure there's been cartoon versions of it, probably a VeggieTale version, I'm sure, um, with that. But, but kind of we're talking about David in this series, and in Acts chapter 13, when Paul is actually preaching to the uh, people of Antioch, he, he claim, makes this claim about David, and this is kind of where we are with the whole series. And look at this verse with me. And when God had removed Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. David was a man after God's own heart. And God's calling us to be persons after God's own heart. And that's who we're called to be. And that's what this Lenten season is about. Asking God to change our heart and to work in our heart in that way. And so uh, this goes to another, this shows how David was not only a man of, uh, of a generous heart, and we're going to see kindness and all later, but this was, he was a man after God's own heart because of the bravery that he had. And, and so here's the setup. They're at the Valley of Elah, and the Philistines are on one side, and they were, the, they were the armies and the people that were constantly invading and trying to aggress against Israel and holding Israel back from being all that they could be for God and everything. And then Israel was on this side, and there was the valley in between, and, and the Philistines had a champion by the name of Goliath. Now listen to what it says about Goliath in verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. Now this was over nine feet tall. So like I told the kids, imagine me, I'm a little over six feet tall, and add three more feet. And that is how, man, he made my voice squeak. But anyway, just think about it, I reckon. But add three more feet, and that's how tall Goliath was. And, and, and then li listen what it says there in verses five through seven. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat 
of mail weighed 125 pounds. And he also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. And the shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam and tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. So just the spearhead weighed 15 pounds. He was walking around with all of this and his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Now I don't know about you, it didn't sound like he needed an armor bearer, amen? If I was his armor bearer, I'd be like, you walk in front of me, man. You're a lot bigger than I am. But anyway, his armor bearer would walk in front of him and carry the shield. And so it's kind of like this Mortal Kombat challenge, if any of you used to play that uh, video game. So there's Goliath, and he says, listen, you send somebody out, and if they beat me, we will serve you. And if I beat your champion whoever that may be, then you will serve us. So there's a lot on the line for God's people here. Saul is still king, and he's up there, and, and they're, they're camped out in the tents. And here comes David. Here comes David. Now, nobody else would go out and fight Goliath. But David comes along, and he's delivering uh, bread and cheese. In fact, there's somewhere it even says he was like delivering ten cheeses to, uh, to, to the to his brothers and all. I, I don't know what, what cheese, I'm sure Baby Bell had to be in there somewhere. Amen? That's some good cheeses. Oh, I got I think they have it over at the visitor center. But anyway, but, but he was delivering 10 cheeses to his brothers and some bread and things. And, and, and Saul, he, he finds out what's going on. And David says, I will go and fight Goliath. I will go and fight him. And he tries on Saul's armor, and it doesn't even fit. And so David goes out with just a sling and five stones. Now, here's the thing. I want to talk about giants for a few minutes this morning. Because, you see, I don't think it's only the Israelite that has giants. Here's a couple of observations about giants. Number one is this. We all have giants in our lives. Every one of us has some type of giant in our life. And, and, and just like for the Israelites, it was Goliath that was keeping them from going and being who God called them to be. We all have giants in our own lives. For some, it may be a bully. For some, it may be middle school, because that can be a giant in itself. Amen. For some, it may be uh, a giant like addiction. For others, it may be anxiety. For others, it may be a certain person. Maybe some have a great big giant like depression. Maybe it's your past and, and you can't move forward because of what's in you. You feel like because of what's in your past. But we all have those giants in our lives. Number two is this. Giants keep us from moving forward. Just like I said, Goliath was keeping the Israelites from moving forward into what God had called them to do and who God had called them to be. And we look at the giants in our life and they, they, they make us stand still. Think about what anxiety and depression can do. They just stop your life from the joy. They just stop your life from, from being able to live fully into what God's called us into. Think about what addiction does. It keeps people's lives from being who they need to be in their relationship. It keeps people's lives from being who they need to be on the job or who they need to be financially and that kind of things. It stops us. Things like giants stop will stop us. And then lastly is this. Giants antagonize us. 
Not only do giants just stop us there, but they antagonize us. Listen to what it says about Goliath there. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Hear, hear that? They were being dared and they were scared. They did not want to go out and fight that giant. And so they were at a standstill and they were being antagonized. They were being taunted. They were being called out in, in all kinds of ways. And that's what giants do in our own lives. I remember hearing somebody uh, uh, tell me one time, and they, they were alcoholic, and, and they said that, um, Tim, you know, whenever I quit drinking, we still had some in, in our cabinet. And, and she said, that she said, I am not lying to you. It is like I could hear the bottles calling out saying, hey, I'm in here. I'm in here just a little bit. And it was, she said it was like antagonizing me. And so what they did, they got rid of it. And so it just couldn't even be there. And so that's what giants do. They want to trigger us. They want to figure out exactly where and when we are at our weakest state. And that's when they attack. But God has an answer for our giants. He has an answer for our giants. Now here's the thing. Number one, if we're going to look at God's answer, I think we first need to view, we need a new view of the battlefield. Because here's how we usually have viewed the battlefield, especially in this story. We got the Philistine up there, we got the Israelites up here, and we usually view ourselves as little David. We, we view ourselves because we're kind of coming in without any armor and it doesn't fit, but we still have a giant to go up against. And we like, here's the thing, we like to be David because we like to be the hero of our stories. Amen? So, hey, yeah, I'll be David and I'll go in with the power of the Holy Spirit with me and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll fight that giant and everything. And that's how we often, and, and nothing wrong with that, but I think that if we really want to see God move in our lives, maybe we need to look at the battlefield in a new way. Louis Giglio in his book, uh, Goliath Must Fall, he kind of talks about a new way of looking at the battlefield. And, we, and, and instead of looking at the battlefield as the giant in front of us and our, our people behind us and, and we're going to be the champion to fight Goliath, instead of doing that, maybe we should see it as Goliath is the enemy's instrument or the giant in our life. And that we actually are Saul or Saul's army. We're the people of Israel being held back, being taunted, being, being, being antagonized. Well, then you want to say, well, who is David? Well, if you look at it through the lens of the New Testament, our David is Jesus, who actually came from the lineage of David, who has come to defeat the giants in our lives. And that's what David did. David came, he didn't wear, he didn't do it in the conventional way. He couldn't wear Saul's army, I mean Saul's armor. In fact, whenever he put it on, he kind of sank down in it. We took a picture of my oldest, she's 19 now, but we took a picture of my oldest one time in one of my 
preaching robes and, and all you could see was Elena's face and she was like 18 months old and all you could see was her face and this big old robe. That's about what David looked like in Saul's army. I mean armor. And so David couldn't wear that but he goes out with a sling and five stones. Now some have said why did he go out with five stones? Some scholars believe that he went out with five stones because he, was, he didn't want to be overconfident and he missed, if he missed them with the first four maybe he could hit them with the fifth. But other scholars believe that he went out with five stones because it tells us in the Bible that Goliath had four brothers and David figured if he knocked down the Goliath with the first, he might have to use the next four on his brothers. But here's what we do know. David goes out and he slings one stone and it sinks into the forehead of Goliath and that mighty giant falls. And I want you to know something. Jesus, when he went to the cross, he slung the stone that needed to be thrown for your giant and to bring the victory that you and I both needed in our lives. And we don't have to fight that battle because the battle with our giant has already been won by Jesus. Amen? And that's the good news this morning. The battle has been won by Jesus. Now, I love what what David does, I mean, well, we can see in verse 49, then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into the forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. But I love what Jesus, I love what David does after that. Here's what David does after that. He goes over there to Goliath and he pulls out Goliath's sword and he cuts off Goliath's head, all right? Now, I promise you there's not a head in this bag, all right? It's a basketball, okay? Just want to make sure before people go home with nightmares and that kind of stuff, all right? Or, or I'll get criticized on the internet or something. But anyway, but, but the, um, there'll be emails coming. But, but, but no, he cuts off Goliath's head. Now, I believe that he did this for a reason because he brings back the head to the Israelites so that they can see that they're tormentor. They can see that their giant has been slain. And I want you to know this morning that whatever giant is in your life, that Jesus is walking back with the head. And he's saying, maybe he's not holding the head, but I tell you what he is holding. He's holding the keys to hell, death, and the grave. And he's letting you know that your battle has been won and that he has fought it for us. Amen? And so maybe let's look at the battlefield a little different. Second of is this. God also wants us to use God also wants to use us as his agent to help fight the giants of others. In other words, if God has fought the giant in your life, God may want to use you to help uh, so that he can help somebody else fight a giant in theirs. I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 here's what Paul writes. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know what that means? That means that somebody else needs to know what you have felt and what you have seen God do in your life. Maybe, it's, maybe you're walking through grief right now. Or maybe you've recently walked through grief. And maybe there's somebody else in your life that needs to have you walk with them who's going through that grief right now. 
Maybe you've seen healing. Like that, that last song they sung was incredible. Because let me tell you something. Whenever we see God do the miraculous, we, we cannot help but believe. Amen? We, 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 we refuse to not believe that God can do it. If he's done it in my life, he can do it in your life, he can do it in their life. And we are called to walk around with the head of Goliath saying, your battle can be won by Jesus. And that's what he's calling us to do, and that's who he's calling us to be. Now, I don't know what kind of giant you're fighting this morning. But God wants us to have a brave heart because he is fighting our battles. If the musicians would come at this time, I just... There was a story that was told about this guy that had been on this uh, overseas hunting trip. And uh, he came back and was telling his family all about the trip. He was telling them about uh, what all he saw... And then he had a bag, and he pulled out of that bag, he pulled out this lion's tail. And, and, and they were like, lion's tail? How did you get that? He said, it was a, it was a large, man-eating lion. And he said, I cut off the tail of that lion and brought it home. And they were saying, how in the world did you do that? How were you so brave to go and cut off? The... He said, well, I was. I was brave, and I cut off the, the tail of that lion. And, and, and they were like, well... Well, if you were that brave, why didn't you cut off the head of that line? He said, because somebody else already had. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's a lot easier to cut off the tail when somebody else has cut off the head. And I don't know what kind of giant you're up against, but somebody else has cut off the head. And so this morning in this place, let Jesus be your David. With whatever giant is facing you right now, whatever giant is holding you back, whatever giant is antagonizing you, let Jesus be your David and fight the battle this day. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we don't have to fight this battle alone. Lord, we may be standing at a standstill at the valley of Elah. But Lord, whatever our valley of Elah is and whoever our Goliath or whatever our Goliath is does not stand a chance against the one who conquered all hell and death and the grave. And that's the blessing of what we look toward at Easter. Now, Lord, let us have a brave heart after you, knowing that you can fight these battles. Lord, for anybody in here with a giant, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you begin fighting that battle for them and that we will surrender that battle unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.